It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour. Vegas is here. Reno is in. Willie Ramirez is the company. Ari is here as well. I don't understand why Darren Millard, who was just on from AT&T Sportsnet, it's like he's pulling a Cofield on Cofield and Company. Cut it out, buddy. Cut it out. Man, he was really going at you, just stirring the pot. Then he goes out on a shot about uh, Ari and I, that the new studio is going to have us be more cohesive and friendly. Upstaging us. I don't know about that. I just think I my my guess is because I see I don't get to listen to uh, VGK ISO uh, every day because we're on against them right very competitive. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of chop busting and heat on that show and then he brings it into us. Yes, yes. And, uh, and wait we on what we, show? And we don't tolerate. No, what, we do. We do tolerate it. So we like we like that he comes in on what show? VGK Insider Show. No, 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 no. The animosity that. Mr. Millard has for ESPN shows comes from the morning boys. You see, uh, he comes on and he's he greets Ed, but he's very, very, very is nasty right? to Bischoff. And so I think what happens is he's already comes in defensive with us, and then yeah. when nothing, then the slightest little thing, he automatically just snaps and bites. But he's very nasty with Tyler. Um, I think there's a a method to that madness. Mm. It is fun guesting on a show. When you hear the show on a regular basis and there's clearly a bully or bullies and you come in and you try to push everyone around, it is fun. Yeah. So that would be my guess that he's trying to get after people on these different shows to put them on the defense. He is a bully. He's a bully on press row. He he, he put, comes up and he bullies me up at the... The difference is on this show, what happens when bullies try to bully us? They got a backhand. And... They become a promo when we have to smack them around. <laughs> we a, have to smack them around. Are we getting it physical now? Well, is that ver- what's happening verbally here? Smacked, verbally smacked. He, uh-huh. He's texting me right now. You know, actually, in the we were talking about the studio, a nice new studio. You can go up to ESPN Las Vegas and see um, what good shape I'm in uh, with the pictures in the new studio. Nice job by Ari earlier. Ari, if you if you haven't noticed, the spot that has now put your producer area. Is that that wall is actually a special wall? Um, I was once uh, rammed into that wall by an angry staff member after the opposite wall got someone else rammed into it. So, yeah. And we don't have the whiteboard here anymore, which uh, we used to have a dry erase board that was just filthy. I don't think it's coming back. Um, You know, and and that board. Let me finish that board because you don't know all the history. You're you're learning now too. You're relatively new to the magic of Lotus Broadcasting Sports. Mm -hmm. That board was punched and broken on multiple occasions. By whom? Um, you know, I, I know one person. I'm not sure of the second. It might have been Chuck O'Hada's head that was rammed into it. No, I don't think that happened. But but it could have been the same person who punched it and broke it. You just never know. We, we, we're, and by the way, folks, as a sports staff, yeah. we're, we are docile. We are nothing compared to most sports radio staffs. There's a lot of aggression on other staffs. I've seen it. Well, I've seen it. Ari, I've heard about it. Ari's angry. He's like an angry little elf. Yeah, but he's not a. But being angry is one thing. When you, when it starts getting physical, like I think Millard wants to come in and now after that wants a piece of you. I think you just threaten him. Now we can't hear it because he's he's doing. Would he? Ca- is, do you think he's kind of like Jordan Bennington? 
the goaltender? Like he wants to, he's, he's ready to like take sure. shots even after a goal scored on I him? I think he can't wait to come back in here. You know what I'm surprised by? Because I'm not around Millard all the time like you guys are. He's actually a little bigger than I thought he was. Again, yeah. I'm not sizing up people to fight. He's kind of wiry. Type. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's tall. He's tall. Yeah, 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 he's not yeah. like a bulky. You, you know what would be good You can't be here. bulky on TV and be part of the VGK. Well, you, you can actually. Gary's kind of. There's a lot of wall space, and I think what we'll do is maybe we'll start decorating. We'll put, like, a shelf with perfect seasonings here. We could put a perfect banner over here. Um, yeah, we could turn this into the perfect studio. It, it, that sponsorship is – well, it's not, actually. Finley Toyota's got could – it, could it be, like, the uh, the perfect gym table? No, it could just the be – The perfect gym no, microphones. No, it could just be the – Perfect Finley Toyota Studio because it's it's a perfect yeah. Finley Toyota Studio. I mean, frankly, if salespeople are listening right now, these mics are sponsorable. Yeah, the mic yeah. shield is sponsorable. Yeah, yeah. the I am headphone. You are yeah, well. We we all are, of course. Yes, I'm sponsorable. Yes. yes. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four. Number Four. The magic of radio. Ari just freaked out with the dramatic pause. Uh, so all of this going back and forth, very much like the NCAA women's tournament. Mm. What was going on with one of the Texas players and this young lady, Haley Van Lith? So I'm not sure. We don't know the crux of the situation. What we do know is that Louisville's Haley Van Lith got into the handshake line, and Texas's Sonia Morris decided to – she was first. She kind of stopped and pulled her in a little she bit. She pulled her in. She held, well, she didn't even pull her. She just held her hand yeah. off the handshake and then, pull, and then pulled her. Like she that. said something, and all of a sudden, Haley Van Liff, if you watch it, she just pushed her hands away and walked away, kept going through the handshake line, and she addressed it. She was, it. Yeah, she was yapping a little bit. You hear a media member ask about the encounter. You had words with uh, Sonia Morris after the game. Uh, what was that about? I wouldn't say there was a lot of chirping going on in the game. Um, I think it was a pretty clean game. You know, I respect the Texas players. I don't really want to speak on what happened at the end because I don't want it to dim down the fact that we played really, really well. Um, I have all the respect in the world for Texas. No hard feelings. You know, sports can get chippy and and the moment you play in the heat. And at the end of the day, I'm going to let it go, you know. No hard feelings. I assume that they'll do the same. Okay. I hate that answer, but it was a very good answer. It was. And here's the thing. It's not what I want. There was a great, good for you. There was a great breakdown. Like, somebody actually analyzed the entire system. So, let's break this down. They had six things. This young lady, Sonia Morris, I guess she played for DePaul. So, she's a transfer. Louisville smacked DePaul around 101 to 54. I don't know if that was in the tournament last year, or what, but I do. It looks like it might have been in the tournament. But, so... This is twice in a row, two different teams that Sonia Morris has had to. So maybe there's a little rivalry going on. I don't know. It could go back to high schools, whatever. I'd love to know what 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 the what it was. Why? What did Sonia Morris have a problem with? Because if, if there was nothing going on during the game, she said, right? She said there's no there was no chirping going on during the game. So you, so immediately after the game, she just had something negative to say. She was that sore of a loser. It had to have been something. Have you watched her play, HVL? No. No. She's a little too uh, Johnny Tryhard on the floor. Really? A little too rah-rah at times. And when mm. you lose, maybe that can be annoying. Um, who was the Arizona player last year? Uh, Kate. 
K. Reese. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like that. Polar opposite of our own hometown hero, Sam Thomas, who yeah, played for Arizona. Don't, don't be a punk. Not you. Oh, players. Oh, oh, no, you, don't need to, you don't need to celebrate that that much. And if I'm a sore loser and we get in the line, I might say something. She rubbing it in. During the game? That's what you're saying. That, that It can feel like that. Yeah. But, you know, when, when Johnny tried too hard is on your team, you love her. You okay, love them. They're, they're great. Say, they're but, great for a team. But when you say Johnny Tryhard, you mean like when you say rah rah, like getting exuberant and everything. Getting exuberant and walking in front of your, your team. You know, chest bumping, high. Like, okay, all so, right, so, all right. You made a good play. So okay. The other, so the other night when Gonzaga fell behind yeah. in the men's, yeah, and they throw over to uh, Timmy creates a little space, and Julian Strother busts a three, and he went. He was exuberant yeah. into a commercial. Break. Okay, that's once okay. Or, once or twice. 14 mm-hmm. times in a game? Oh, I, did Johnny tried too hard. Chill out. Okay. Chill out. Okay. But, you know, you can. here's the thing. You can also take care of that during the game. That would be Julie trying. You could try to win or, you know, might have to be some physicality doled out. I don't know if you – did you watch the beginning of the uh, the Tennessee and Duke game? We're going to have to address that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee came out and they're like, we're going to be physical and you're not going to like it. Like right from the get-go, and I think it affected Duke – the kids of Duke against the older guys that affect them a little later. Number three. Have you watched the Jared from Subway documentary yet? No. Yeah, I mean, just all-time creep. Really dangerous person. Yeah. But that was, when you think about it, that was one of the great ad campaigns of all time. Eat subs as a gargantuan person. Lose weight. Right. But I mean, it turned into a phenomenon. Right. Now there's somebody who's turning a 100-day McDonald's-only diet into a phenomenon. He says he he predicts it will help him lose weight, improve his cardiovascular health, and according to reports, it's already working down 13 pounds from okay. 238 to 225. Hey, whatever works. And by the way, the, the whole Jared thing, he did a turkey sub, and then he right. had more of a salad, like a veggie but sub. He could, and, he, and could have, he could have the spicy it was, Italian. Because it, it was regimented. Yes, exactly. It's it's one of, not to bring this up, but I am. It's one of Jordan's, my son's, pitches. Hey, do you want to lose weight and still be able to have your favorite fast food this or this, that, the other? You can. Why? Because it fits into your macros. Okay. So if you eat, so if you decide you're going to change your diet, and but you're going to only eat a certain chicken place in town. But you're not going to eat anything else. You're going to eat the exact same thing every single day. You're going to have the same amount of eggs It'll with work. toast. You're going to and you're going to exercise. Yeah. But you're also going to have two portions of this particular chicken chain only every single day for 60 days. Guarantee you're going to lose weight. Why? Because you're sticking to the exact same caloric intake, macronutrient intake. So. I, I 100% believe this. It's not a matter of eating garbage. If you want to eat garbage, but you better make sure that you don't go over what your caloric intake calls for. Right. And that's it. Plus, you got to do some exercise. You, eh, you're not going to exercise. Yeah. Probably not. No. Uh, my last three meals. It started with uh, mint chocolate chip ice cream with Reese's Pieces last night. Uh, today, for a midday snack, I ate cabbage and carrots. <laughs> I was and, I had a sna- and I had a snack right before the show, a slice of pizza. <laughs> I That's not going to work. That's not going to work. I just had, you saw what I just had, right? I'm sure it was healthy. 
Well, it was like this weird smoked bacon, but it was uncured um, right from the nutrition store. So it was just high in protein. But when I went home from the gym, I sauteed up some like this cabbage salad thing in some oil with some pre-made chicken, some jalapeno, some asparagus. I was just reminded, by the way, during the break that I had asparagus. I forgot. But you know, there's one way to always be reminded when you had asparagus. Yes. Number two. Cabbage two. Uh, National World Tattoo Day. Yeah. Or Tattoo Day. World Tattoo Day. Yeah. Yeah. Did I say national? Yeah. Did I say national world? Well, sometimes it's World just, Tattoo Day. Yeah, You're right. Sometimes that it's site that that site that Ari and I go to, it, it sometimes it just says it's 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 headphone day. Sometimes it's national something day. Other times it's world something day. Today it's World Tattoo Day. You have how many tattoos? Ten. Okay. What do you think the rest of the company, Candy Hill, JVT, myself, and Ari? What do you think we have in some total for tattoos? There's five of you. Is that what you named? Correct. Candy, JVT, Adam, you, and Ari. There's five mm-hmm. combined. Yeah. I just need to know one thing. Do you have any Ari? I don't need to. No, know. no, 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 no. I no, have no. to know if he has any. No, no, you don't. Yes, I do. No, that's part of the game. It's a fun game we're playing. I would make the over under three and a half. I got a good. That's a good number. And I would probably bet the over. You would? No. I'd bet the under. Well, you probably have inside information. You I don't. Know. No, I don't. I have no idea. Um, I don't think Ari has any. I have none. I don't think Adam has any. I doubt Candy has more than one, and I think JVT has maybe maybe two or three. What do you think? I, I okay, if you would say so. I was banking on Ari. That's why I needed to know what Ari had. Yeah, you hear the uh, Art Kaluma dunk there, and uh, he's one of the reasons that a lot of us on this show liked Creighton to make some. Major waves in this tournament. The other reason is one of our favorite guys, former assistant at UNLV. By the way, Kaluma, former verbal at UNLV. But uh, Ryan Miller is working at Creighton. We want to find out more about the Creighton program and preview that part of the Sweet 16 and coaches up with Willie and Cofield here on this Tuesday. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. I'm actually – got to loop you in on the conversation we were just having. It was actually non-sports. Yeah, Willie's a workout freak. And uh, yeah. I don't know, last time I saw you, you were all yoked up and jacked up. We were, ta- <laughs> we were talking about keeping the weight off and that sometimes just being regimented, even if you're a fat ass, if you eat the same thing on a regular basis and try to stay healthy, you can actually lose weight. What is your diet? Like, how do you – you know, you're not a young guy, Ryan – but uh, I'm oh. kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, how do, how no do, question. Yeah, how do you stay in shape? I will I will tell you. Uh, it's about routine, number one. But right now I'm not in the shape. I'm in the worst shape of my life. Uh, you know, trying to coach this team and get them ready for uh, uh, the journey all year long. And then, and then obviously, um, you know, we had a high expectation going into the year, top 10 in the country. We had battles with adversity. And I think I stress eight. I, I, uh, I got out of my routine a little bit. And uh, – you know, right now I'm not in very good shape. But when I do it, uh, it, to me it's all about routine, right? It's about routine with your diet and routine with your workout. And once you get out of that baby, like I am right now, it's hard to get back in. So once the season's over, I'm going to have to say dedicated discipline and try to get back in my routine that I had uh, before this season. But, yeah, that's I think that's what it comes down to, guys. Well, Ryan, I admit it. Um... You talked about the early season struggles. That that definitely will throw any of you guys out of your routine. And I was one of the guys out there tweeting after watching BYU going, 
why is this team ranked? This is a joke. What are the Blue Jays doing? This is terrible. Are you kidding me? I was at Mandalay Bay. I was, I was, I couldn't believe it. I actually watched from the press room. I didn't even go out to press row. I was like, this is, this is crazy. How did, how is this team top 10? Now, all of a sudden, you're kind of one of those teams, maybe one or two of the 16, where uh, we do not want to run into Creighton. How did you have to get out of st- – you guys had to break a routine of playing terribly and get it, find yeah. a new one. Well, we had a great start to the season. Uh, we went to Maui, had a pretty good showing there, lost in the championship game to Arizona. And then the games that you saw, we proceeded to lose five in a row. And five teams that are pretty good but not great. They weren't thought to be national championship contenders or anything. Um, and, and we dropped We dropped a couple close games. We lost Ryan Kelkbrenner to Mono in, in, in that time, too. So that was pretty tough to, uh, to deal with. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, a lot of it was we are still a very young team. And uh, we have a lot of experience, but we're still young. Most of our players are sophomores. Uh, that give us a lot of minutes. Uh, Trey Alexander and Arthur Kaluma, who that highlight was just about, uh, they're just sophomores. This is Ryan Nemhart, sophomore guard that broke his hand about halfway through conference season last year, so he didn't finish out the year. But I think right now our experience is showing a little bit, right? Because although we were young, we had NCAA tournament experience last year. We were within a bucket away from beating Kansas, the eventual national championship team last year. And I think our guys have been in these moments. And adversity from earlier in the year has really helped us deal with uh, the mechanisms of failure and also showed us what we can't do uh, when we're not successful. And it also kind of showed you at the beginning of the year what we needed to do and what, how we need to play unselfishly, team defense, team offense to be successful as we were earlier in the year. And then as we got to the Big East Conference uh, season, we started doing the things that um, uh, winning basketball teams do, guard, defend, play unselfishly, those cliche things that are so important to winning. Once again, speaking with Ryan Miller, assistant coach for Creighton. Of course, spent some time here with UNLV. So with that, coming into the Sweet 16, uh, I mentioned, you know, as far as not wanting to be a team that, you know, or being a team that some teams may not want to face – the confidence level this team is playing with right now. How have you seen it? You know, the, you get back from the opening two rounds, and now you guys get ready to go back on the road. Um, the the just that that mindset and the confidence level this team's on right now. Yeah, I think you kind of like I said, you kind of go back from last year when we were a bucket away from the national championship team, Kansas, in the in the third round of thirty two. Um, I think it gave guys that were playing in that game, which we returned a lot of guys from that team. Uh, confidence that they've been in these moments before and they can excel in these moments. I think that, that the experience of those situations are huge. I think also the playing the Big East Conference uh, season, uh, three of the 16 teams um, are playing in the Sweet 16 of the Big East. I think playing against that, those opponents on a night-in and night-out basis uh, put us in a situation where we feel confident going against teams uh, you know, in the tournament, in the NCAA tournament, because uh, the, the league was so good this year, and there's a potential national championship team out of the league. Uh, so I think you put all those factors together, uh, guys with uh, tournament experience, uh, guys that are playing in selfish and playing team basketball right now, I think you put those things together and why we have a lot of confidence, um, not arrogance, but confidence going into this. We're playing a very good, very, very good Princeton team. They've won six games in a row, and there's a reason why uh, we're playing them in Sweet 16 right now. Ryan Miller's with us, a former UNLV assistant, now working on that Creighton staff. We're getting you ready for the South region in the NCAA tournament. How far is Louisville from Omaha? Oh, it's about a seven, eight-hour drive. Most okay. people fly, but uh, 
you know, we got such a good uh, rabid fan base here. We expect a good turnout, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we make it a pretty, a pretty good home away from home event, uh, venue there in Louisville. Have you played there before? Uh, I've coached at uh, Louisville back when it was Freedom Assembly Hall, I believe it was called Freedom Assembly Hall. I've never been in the Yum Center, so this will be my first time being at the Yum Center. Uh, spent many times in Louisville recruiting stuff, but uh, like I said, this will be the first time uh, for me in that Yum Center. From your coaching experience, and you can tell me if you've had more beyond Air Force, I wanted to mention Air Force and trying to get ready for an Air Force game. Mm-hmm. How is what Air Force does different than, say, Princeton? You know what? This is a unique Princeton team. Uh, they, they have a, a guy, a number 20, is Tucson. Um, he, they play through him. And it, it's not an atypical Princeton uh, team where they're, you know, coming together, one guy back cuts, one guy pops. Shoot a, they will shoot a lot of threes. But it is an atypical team as far as they're going to play through him. Uh, he was the leading assist guy in the, in the Ivy League, a very, very good player. And then they look to what's a create, create disadvantages because he's like a – they play him at the five a lot, and he's like a three-man. And he's a really, really elite passer. So he puts you in these disadvantage situations where you're helping off your perimeter players because uh, most five men can't keep up with them, and then they kick out for threes. And so we got to contain him, be able to play him one-on-one without giving too much help. If we if we get in situations where we put two guys on the ball a lot and they're kicking out for threes, we'll, uh, we'll be struggling. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the talent level because at a lot of spots now in the Ivy League, there's good talent. I mean, if you look in the transfer portal every year, it seems like you know one of the top or two of the top ten guys in the portal every year played their first couple of years in the Ivy. Yeah, no question. It's, I mean, it's a tough league. It's a it's an older league a lot of times. Um, this team's kind of young, yeah. except for uh, Tucson. Um, but uh, you know, they got a they got an older vet team a little bit. Um, you know, that that's not a typical Ivy League team. They were athletic. Uh, they they do still shoot a lot of threes. They probably don't back cut as much, but uh, they're a very very talented team. And like I said, they're they're where they're at for a reason. It wasn't a fluke to beat Arizona. It wasn't a fluke to beat Missouri. They that's. They've won six games in a row, going back to the Ivy uh, Championship where they beat Yale in the Ivy League Championship, and Yale's a really, really good team. So it's going to be a challenge for our guys, uh, you know, going to that game. You know, as I mentioned earlier, Arthur Kaluma was a verbal at one point to UNLV and, you know, until the uh, the coaching change with Otts to Kruger as the head man. What did you like about Kaluma, and where is he in terms of progress? I, I would assume he's a little ahead, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, obviously he came in here as a freshman, started on a really good team, yeah. um, you know, that went to the, like I said, the NCAA tournament last year. Um, you know, it's been been really, really good. I mean, um, he has size, versatility. Uh, we're lucky lucky to coach him, and, you know, it's just kind of things kind of worked out, obviously, with TJ taking that job. Uh, but I will say kind of opened him up for us when, when I initially got here and, you know, some relationships we had in the past. Well, I was working at UNLV, actually, Um out west because he played for a big biggest lead AAU basketball team a little bit um helped facilitate uh him coming up here and, and we're lucky to coach him and he's one of the big reasons why we're at where we're at right now I assume you've been keeping an eye on uh, Todd Simon oh yeah yeah talked to him congratulate him that's awesome uh, he did a heck of a job at Southern Utah I uh, took a program that was you know struggled for many many years and and you know put him on top of I think he coached like three different conferences in his time there but finishing the whack and and uh, did a heck of a job. Now he's the head coach at Bowling Green. That's that's awesome. You uh, speaking with Ryan Miller again, uh, 
former UNLV assistant, and now with Creighton, get ready for the Sweet 16. Ryan, you look at your credentials, you've, you, you've seen different conferences, 11 conferences represented in the Sweet 16. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it tells with the parity, number one, it tells the parity of college basketball. Uh, I think with NIL, with the transfer portal, uh, this is the oldest NCAA on record. Um, we're, we are the youngest of the 16 teams in, which is crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, just, again, it tells you the parity of college basketball and the parity of the NCAA tournament. When you come in and play single games, anything can happen. And, and you know, three Big East teams, and we're pretty happy about that. Um, you know, the only team that really faltered was Marquette. That probably should have been there. And uh, and uh, our league is strong, and so are the other two, other leagues. Uh, the Big 12, obviously, very strong, and the league's a coach in the past. So um, SEC, Big 10 kind of struggled a little bit. But, you know, the parity of college basketball is real. Coach, we appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll see you in, in some form or fashion in Houston yeah. at the Final Four. I hope you're playing there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome, Steve. And, Really good. It'd be really good to see you guys in Houston. So let me know, please. There he is, Ryan Miller. Thank you. So Ryan Miller, former UNLV assistant. We didn't ask about his brother, Mike, but I'm sure he's doing well. Interesting times that era of UNLV basketball. Interesting times on the switchover from Otz to Kruger because Kalum is a guy could have been a big difference maker, right? But obviously things went the wrong way with uh, Zion Collins, and I think those guys were tied together. To a certain extent. This portion of Cofield and Company is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, rolling on. Halfway point of the show. We're live in Reno on ESPN. Reno. What's up, Willie? What's, what's happening on your phone? What's going on, man? You all right? I'm great. Okay. That was a good just, conversation. I was, just, I, I was just looking at pictures of, of a birthday party. I'm old pictures at. of you and Ryan Miller? No, I was looking at pictures of a birthday party that I'm missing right now. Yeah, we just talked to the uh, Creighton assistant. He used to be here at UNLV. He moved on to TCU. He's always part of winning programs and programs that can recruit at a high level. And Creighton's one of those teams. Mm. And, you know, a lot of it, like – Good for you, man. Who does that? I mean, you know Ryan, but you, you you come in with them and you're like, you guys were terrible. Well, they were. They had lost six in a row and in the he, middle he of the season. Up. He, he was, was a great segue. Me, he was very humble, though. Yeah. Because when you think back to that schedule, right, they lost to BYU. BYU was not a terrible BYU team. They lost to two ranked teams. They lost to Arizona, Heat, Texas. Right. Nebraska actually turned out to be pretty decent. But this, but Arizona State made the tournament. They weren't losing to bums. No, but they were also, as he said, they started out. They were in the top ten in the yeah. nation. They were supposed to beat those teams or and contend with the two ranked teams. And BYU at the time, eh? Don't get well, me they, started. They lost on BYU. To Arizona by a point and Texas by five. So and they played a super aggressive schedule. I get your point. Right. Like they could have fallen apart. And there were there well, were a lot of casuals looking at their record and they're like. And Wait, what's thing, going on here? They got six losses already? Yeah, and the thing is, is I was at, like I told him, I was at that game. And the reason I stayed in the back wasn't because of Creighton. I just threw that in there for a nice little zinger. Um, I was actually, I had been under the weather but had been cleared and, and, and was, you know, but I wanted to stay in the back because I didn't want to make other people on press row feel uncomfortable. So I stayed in the back. But they were horrible in that game. Like the shooting really? was, yeah, they, it was not a good game for them. Um but, yeah, I mean, and he brought it up when you asked him about his regimen, and he said, you know, early on in the season we got out of our routine and so on and so forth. Yeah. So we were having a bad season, and so they were focused on coaching. So it was a great segue. 
Yeah, that's not easy to get out of the the funk when that's going on. They had lost to Arizona, Texas, Nebraska, BYU, Arizona State, and Marquette six straight, and now they're in the Sweet Sixteen. And I think most of us on the show recognize that they're they were going to be really dangerous in this tournament. They got a good seed, yeah, six, but. We had mentioned about a week out or two weeks out. Remember, uh, Mike Palm was on with us from the Palms? Yeah. I always say the Palms. I don't know why I double Palm up. He's from Circa. Uh, Mike Palm was with us from Circa, and I threw him some 40, 50, 60 to 1 teams that maybe we could ride into the Elite Eight or Sweet 16. So Creighton's one of them. They were 40 to 1. We're going to address that with Sam Paniotovich in about 10 minutes. So we're 90 minutes into doing a show. There, there's no, nothing, no update on Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think people look anymore. Like they yeah. like everyone just assumes this is what this going to what just sputter to an end. Nothing's going to happen. No, I think you just get tired of, of other than you know people, Packers fans and Jets fans hitting refresh. Right. The rest of us just like okay, when it just happens, like, it happens. That's it's, it. When it happens, it happens. Yeah, let it, me know when it on, happens. Well, I would say we're all on Aaron's time, but he stated it pretty plainly last week. I told him two Fridays ago. I'm ready. Jets. You know, you know, this would be a good spot for a drop, but this is where we would hear R E L R. I already told you, you got no shot. A X. Here, fire it again. I want to hear it. We're gonna be okay. R E L A X. There you go. Because that—that's—that's that's his attitude. We're gonna to be okay. He was ready, and he's still talking. But yeah. you took your headphones off. Or he's very mad at you for doing that. Yeah, life's hard. Life's hard. And no L Jacks. No update. Although we did get an interesting quote from Dan Orlovsky. It's just an opinion. He said, there isn't a massive list of teams who can get a deal done. There's not a lot of options for Lamar Jackson. Uh, Houston has the picks. They have a team that, uh, you know, will not be a late first-round pick next year. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, they'll have a high pick. And they have the space. They have all the capabilities to do it. Does anyone believe that the Texans are interested in winning very quickly? That that could ever be part of the plan that they would go and grab Lamar Jackson because I don't. You I, think they're I still not. in the? You're still. You think that they're still in a in a Once. tank mode for next season's picks? Possibly. Oh. It's Cofield and Company's eye on sports betting with Sammy P. Scoreless second inning, Japan and USA. Sam Peniatovich is with us. Sam, what'd you guys do with this game? Did you uh, recommend some plays on the World Baseball Classic? Nothing in this game because I'm holding a USA future bet at plus 285. Nice. So, yeah, that was made before the tournament. Remember, Steve, coming into this tournament, the Dominican Republic was the greatest team to ever touch baseball. And uh, much like they were in, I think, 2006, they got bounced early. So always be careful with uh, notations like that around teams that haven't done anything. SP Shoot up on Twitter. Your Twitter account has been uh, pure hilarity the last few days. We'll get into some of the things that are up there, including I know you have some Providence backers who you're always kind of battling with on the value of Providence and what they could or could not be in the Big East and the NCAA tournament. How stunned are those fans that Ed Cooley basically said, Providence, you're not as good in the Big East as Georgetown. I'm leaving. Let me give you uh, the down low on exactly how it was told to me today because I had told uh, a coworker of mine who's a diehard Providence fan, I said, wow, this is like getting one-two to the jaw because they lose a tournament game on Friday, right? And then Cooley leaves shortly after. And he cut me off and said, no, 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 no. It's like you took a sword and stabbed me in the chest and pulled out my heart. And I thought, well, that's a little drastic. 
But really, Providence only has basketball. It's not anywhere near um, as popular or successful in any other sport. Providence basketball is the thing in Rhode Island. It's the only thing for a lot of people in Rhode Island. And Ed Cooley was an assistant there before he eventually became a head coach. He spent, you know, better part of two decades there. And he was Mr. Providence. Like, nobody thought this was even possible. Yet he leaves for a division rival, and the people here are not only shook, they are angry, and they are ready to fight. And I thought this earlier today. I don't care how much that ticket costs next year. When Georgetown comes to the dunk and plays Providence, I will be at that game because that frickin' building is going to be shaking, and I will not miss it. How good is that job? I saw, you know, as all, all fans do, uh, they put together a list of wish lists, you know, for the next coach, and most of it's just completely – uh, absurd, you're not going to get that coach. Would Bobby Hurley go back to the Big East but take the Providence job from Arizona State? What do you think? I don't think so. And then he's got to compete with Danny Hurley at UConn, and UConn has a much better job and a better program. I don't know that he would do it. Um, it's a very fair question. Um, the, the name that's been thrown around out here, and I know your Vegas audience is just loving this conversation because they care a lot about Providence basketball. But the big name is uh, Kim English, former Missouri guard. I believe he's currently the head coach at George Mason. Right. Um, how about how about the possibility before Patino went back to St. John's? What if Patino would have gone back to Providence? Mm, right. or mm. Billy Donovan leaves the Bulls to go to Providence. But Providence just ain't what Georgetown is, and, and that's the fact. And here's the other thing. Ed Cooley's taking all of his best players with him, and it will also help in recruiting that Georgetown has what? The Jordan brand, the jump man. So all that swagger with Michael Jordan on it, that's a big thing for recruiting as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, you're going to have more money to spend, more NIL, more product, and uh, probably easier to recruit D.C. than it is to recruit Providence. I got a quick, uh, Sammy, before I ask you about your uh, week one, weekend one bets in the NC2A, you mentioned there's not a team that comes close. I, I, I would think that the Providence Friars hockey fans might argue a little bit. Basketball is more popular, yes, but – Dang, five frozen four, uh, five frozen four appearances, uh, plenty of tournament appearances. That hockey club's pretty popular. Yes, it is, Willie. Let's let's not uh, skip over the Providence hockey team. <laughs> but in terms of revenue and popularity, yes, um, Providence yes. basketball is the thing, and it has been the thing for for years and years and years. But no, let's let me not uh, go viral for for dumping on Providence yes. hockey. I think it's a fantastic program, especially you being a. A uh, 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 northeast guy. So, how'd you do betting week one of the NC two A tournament? I went nine and six. Uh, could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot worse. Uh, the only result that I'm still upset with is Gonzaga in the first round against Grand Canyon. I laid fourteen and a half with mm. a number that closed sixteen. And and you guys saw the game. Gonzaga's mm. up twenty with like six minutes to go. And and at that point, you could step on a neck, but they didn't. And Grand Canyon covered. So. I, I thought I was on most of the right sides. I didn't really have any bad picks except for uh, Oral Roberts, who just didn't show up against Duke. And then, of course, Duke didn't show up against Tennessee. But 9-6, and six, I feel good about that. And um, as I told uh, Steve and company back in, I think, November, Texas to make the Final Four, 5-1, to one, still alive. Texas to win the title, 20-1, to one, still alive. So I, I'm holding my breath. They have a tough 1-2 combo. they got to face Xavier and then the winner of Houston-Miami. But... Honestly, if Houston or if uh, Texas, excuse me, plays its best game, I still think they could beat anybody. Duke didn't have a Duke-like season yet. It still sort of, sort of wore its bravado. You know, its his, historic bravado on its chest. 
Um, but, I mean, there were a lot of Sharps who didn't believe in him, but they did bust a lot of brackets. Why was there such big belief in the Blue Devils? Because they finished strong. That's really it. And I think the casual fan that starts watching college basketball March 1st, <laughs> you know, I laugh when I say that, but it's true. Most people finally turned it on at the end of February, early March, and they saw Duke rattle off nine wins in a row and win the ACC tournament. And the perception there is based on a small sample size. Granted, nine games in a row is impressive, but you play 30 in a college basketball season. So while they were sort of, eh, for 2021, they finished strong. And you look at a team like Duke and a team like, how about Marquette? How sexy was Marquette? Bottom left of the bracket. Uh, on the right side, the popular upset pick was VCU over St. Mary's. St. Mary's was dominant all year and just couldn't beat Gonzaga. VCU did nothing, won the conference tournament. Everybody's picking VCU, betting VCU, and they get, you know, dubbed. So it's it's always it's always something worth paying attention to. When you take a hot team that has won 8 out of 9, 9 out of 10, maybe wins a conference title from March 1st on, that's sort of not the real team. You're sort of paying the premium on that team, and we saw that with Duke, and we certainly saw it with Marquette, and also Arizona, Pac-12 champ, nice win over UCLA, they lose to Princeton. So you got to be cautious with those teams that finish strong end of the regular season and maybe through the conference tournament. Speaking with Sammy P, SP Shoot on Twitter. So now with the new look of the dance, Sweet 16, a lot of teams that people didn't expect. We just spoke with assistant coach Ryan Miller from Creighton. Who are the teams that some of the big guns don't want to run into? Well, I unfortunately for, for Princeton backers, and I'm sure there are plenty listening right now, you smart son of a guns, you. Uh, this is usually that part of the tournament when, you know, the carriage turns into a pumpkin. And, and Creighton is top 20 in both offense and defense. This is the type of team that can make a run. You also look at the line. You know, Circa opened, I believe, Creighton at minus 9, and now we're at 10 pretty much everywhere. So while Princeton looks like the public underdog, the line is moving the other way. So we have some reverse line there. And if you can have a nine and a half in front of you on Creighton, I would lay that. But a team that I think nobody wants to face, and this might sound cliche, but it's the truth. Who wants to see Tom Izzo and the Spartans right now? I mean, we've seen this movie for the last 20 years. They don't have the most talent. They don't have the most skill. They don't have the most shooters. But this guy, somehow, some way, every fourth or fifth year, finds a way to get the most out of his team at this time of the season. And how about the seven Michigan state being favored over the three Kansas state. And if it's Michigan state and Florida Atlantic, you're going to see Michigan state favored by three, three and a half in the elite eight with a chance to go to the final four. And, and no underdog has a better path right now than Michigan state. I also saw this bet at a couple different shops today. You can bet over or under the highest seed in the final four. And the number is six and a half. Now, how would you guys bet that? One through six is under, and then seven and up is over. How would you guys bet that? Under. Yeah, me too, probably. <laughs> I like. I mean, I like some of the sixes, but they nailed the perfect number at six and a half. I actually, I don't like Michigan State. I bet Kansas State pretty much right out of the gates. Um, I really like Kansas State. I like their coach. They play with a confidence. Uh, the little kid, as Calipari was calling him, I guess that pissed off Kansas State. Uh Noel is really, really good. I, I just think they, they play like a mature team. So I don't like Michigan State on offense in terms of their struggles. Um, yeah, well, how, how about this? Every year we have the same conversation yeah. in the media. It's like, oh, my God, it's so wide open. And then you look up and the final four has a one, two twos, and a four. You know, it's like well, it's so dumb how often that, that statement is uttered. The, uh, the Purdue deal, was that all created by your guy, the bartender? 
No, I I tweeted at the end of January. I'm going to bet thousands of dollars against Purdue in the tournament. Right, right, right. I'm not winning Jack. Did he? Did yeah. he? But did he? Did he bet? Did he bet against you? Did he bet on Purdue? He, yeah, he laid twenty two and a half with oh, Purdue boy. and said it was basically a lock. Yeah, the bartender is a dude, real or mythical? We don't know. No, he's real. Um, that. What do you think for a lifetime around you is hitting at what about forty two percent ATS? On chicken dinners, Twitter picks, he's just over forty percent. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Why were you in a big argument the other day over the uh, what the FAU FDU spread was going to be? Because people think they're odds makers, man, and it annoys the hell out of me. You know, the line yeah. opened eleven <laughs> or twelve; it gets bet up to sixteen, and I got people that live in mom's basement telling me that I don't know why lines move, and I don't know this, and I don't have a model, and blah blah blah. This line should be twenty, and then they win by like eight or nine. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. People just try and make me look dumb, and, and I like to return the favor. And then people go, well, you're so soft. It's like, well, these people just literally <laughs> gang so up soft. on me. And I respond, and I'm soft. So, yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> how, how, how can you lay 16 points with a nine seed, Steve? How? How, how, how could you possibly get there? Throw, was, your, throw your calculator yeah. in the river. You would never lay 14, 15 points with a nine seed in the tournament. It was, mm. it was a big number, and they couldn't cover. And, yes, FDU was a – Historic upset, but uh, clearly a little better than – well, I'm not going to say the seed. They deserved a 16 seed, but uh, that coach was on a hot streak. The players were confident. Um, what do we do – you know, we had talked a couple weeks ago, even going months back, um, about the long shot hedges. So probably 10 days ago, I recommended Creighton at 40 and Miami at 40. When do we launch into action trying to play against them for the national title? We have to wait? I would not wait on – um, on Miami, I think what you do now is is you take another team and, and bet a future, whether it be Houston, whether it be UCLA, whether it be Alabama. I think you want to bet off Miami. You're not you're keeping the ticket, but you're adding your Miami ticket to now another ticket. Right. So say it's Houston or say it's whoever, you just add that to your portfolio, and, and this would be the time to bet Houston before they play Miami, and then all of a sudden your Miami ticket rolls into a Houston ticket. Um, as for Creighton, you wait because Creighton's going to close as a 10-point favorite against Princeton, and if they don't beat Princeton, you don't deserve to cash that ticket. So I think I think you keep the Creighton ticket, but you could also roll that into uh, Kansas State or you could roll that into uh, Alabama, whatever. You, you basically keep the tickets you have, and rather than, than take you know Houston on the money line, you bet a Houston future. Or rather than you know sell your Creighton ticket, you just bet another team. So you add to your list as opposed to compromising your position. So I already told you I bet Kansas State. Uh, you seem kind of high on Michigan State. For the games on Thursday, uh, both in Vegas, you got a side in either one of these games that you really like, UConn three and a half, Arkansas, UCLA two, Gonzaga. I like the over in UCLA-Gonzaga because mm-hmm. I think finally that loss of Jalen Clark is going to bite the Bruins. Both teams could win, but I like the over, like 145. And uh, no play on the first one, but I do have a UConn future at 20-1. to 1. Nice. So I've sort of sprayed myself accordingly. I've got Texas top right. UConn bottom right, and then Creighton top left. So I've got three right now. I'm thinking about adding a little Alabama, but I'm not too sure yet. you gotta got to put yourself in a good spot, man. You know that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm going to bet Alabama on Friday ahead of the game. I'm, it's one of those where you hope San Diego State gets off to a decent start. You get a, a couple of points knocked off the 7.5, but I think Alabama in the end is going to pull away from the Aztecs. Yeah, probably. How about San Diego State, though? You can find them like 50-1 to 1 to win the national title. Alabama's three to one, four to one. San Diego State. Oh, really? You can still get that. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. That's why Sam's on to pad our pockets, right? And his.
and his. Well, we'll see about that. By the way, i got to give a quick shout-out to Tony Miller. He's going to see our guy, the Cripplers, tonight. We're going to do a story this summer on Fox. The 92 Dream Team against LeBron's team in 2012. What's the number? And uh, as you can imagine, Tony likes the old guys. I like that a lot. Sam, we'll see you, buddy. All right, see ya.